Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Hello, welcome back. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And we think we're recording in a little bit better volume this time. We yep. were very low last time, so mm-hmm. thanks for your patience with us. And we also barricaded the kids upstairs. Well, not really. I only oh. told two of them, actually. So oh. Sam could make an appearance, and Sophie might come home from work. So anyways, we might have the same issues. Well, Who knows? Know. Yeah. Okay. But, um, so we are still in our series about... Um, the resurrection appearances resurrection of appearances, Jesus. Right. But we first wanted to talk a little bit about last week. I gave you just a very gentle challenge of maybe memorizing some scripture mm-hmm. during this kind of lockdown. We're in Texas. We're sort of coming out of lockdown, so it doesn't. Three. Yeah, it doesn't quite feel like that anymore. But during the lockdown, I was trying to memorize Colossians three, which I shared with you last week because it's got a lot of verses about just being together. Mm-hmm and how to deal with each other. And it's also important because it was part of our wedding. Yes, it was yes. one of our wedding verses. And then one of our friends from Ohio, Carol Geisfeld, talked about how that was her confirmation verse. Oh, really? She sent me an email afterwards. Yeah. So it's an important verses to many, important verses to many people. And also just the habit of memorizing scriptures. Yeah. Something we're pretty important. We're pretty... Yeah. Yeah. Something it's, it's very important. It's very yeah. important to me. You know, it's a part of my ministry. Um, yes. And it's, I kind of discovered it almost by, uh, by, by accident. You know, I've always, uh, my approach to, to preaching has always been to preach whatever the word says. And so if, if, if it's a word of uh, grace, then you preach grace. It's a word mm-hmm. of warning, you preach warning. It's a word of encouragement, you preach encouragement. Uh, and so, you know, this last Sunday was a word of, you know, submit to authorities. And yeah. so you pray about, well, you submit to the authorities. So you do what the word says. So my, my preaching has always been based on the word. Mm-hmm. And I found that one way I could really understand what the, the lesson is about is if I committed it to memory. Uh, and that the process of committing it to memory kind of made it internal, made it my own, so I could hear rhythms in it. I could, I could see connections in it that maybe you wouldn't notice if you were just reading it on a page. Uh, and then one day, I remember, I think it was in Fargo, as I recall, uh, one day I said, you know, I wonder if I can just do this, because I've already got it memorized. And so rather than read the lesson, I wonder if I can just kind of speak it from memory. And so I tried it. Oh, I didn't realize you didn't start out that way. It no. kind of came in Fargo? Yeah, okay. Because yeah. you've done it since as long as everybody yeah, can time. remember. Yeah, long time. Okay. Uh, and so one day I got up in the pulpit, instead of opening up the Bible and reading it, mm. I just recited just it from memory. It. Mm-hmm. And I found two things that happened. One is that it made my preaching it better because then you're, you know, you're really out on a limb. Yeah. And you're either, you're, you're totally committed to it. Like you have... <laughs> You know, you've uh, you have jumped off the diving yes. board, and now you got to make it happen. So Please that's brain work for right, me, right? Exactly. And so, <laughs> I, and I like that. You know, I, I like that that sink or swim type mm-hmm. mentality. Uh, but more importantly, I found that people could hear it better. That, yes, that, I've heard that. Uh, that when the the scripture is recited, people hear it. It, it it's it comes alive mm-hmm. for people in a way that simply reading it as words on a page doesn't. Definitely. Uh, and so, when I kind of by accident discovered the. Uh, what, a, what a blessing it could yeah. be to people, the benefit it had. I figured, well, I'll just do it from here on out. Right, which is pretty crazy that you do that every week. I mean, we should talk about that. When I'm talking about memorizing scripture, I've been working on this Colossians passage for literally like four or five weeks. <laughs> and so this is just a normal one you would do in one week. So you yeah. have a very um, almost photogenic memory. I mean, you have a very good memory. Well, I'm photogenic too. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you do have a good memory. And so not all of us do, but it's still... To work on it, it really just changes you as you're working on it. It does. It totally, it changes you as you work on mm-hmm. it. And it's, you know, memory is like anything else. Uh, the more you do it, the easier it yes. is. Yes. You know, I run uh, three miles twice a week. You run like, what, 
five miles six times a week something or something like crazy that, thing like yeah. that, you know? And so yeah. the more you run, the easier it is. True. So too, the more you memorize, the, the easier it gets. True. Yeah. And the Bible tells us to hide God's word in our heart for mm-hmm. the purpose of just having it at hand when, when kind of difficulties arrive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's proven great to me. I mean, there have been many times when uh, I'll be working on a sermon or I'll be visiting with someone for pastoral counseling or something, and a, a word that I memorized, you know, a verse I memorized from who knows how far ago will you know, pop, pop right up, up in my mm-hmm. head. Right. Uh, so it's been wonderful. Yeah. And our kids did, well, I did quite a bit of it in college. That's when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, the Navigators put us through topical memory system, which is now actually what we use with our discipleship groups. That's right. That's so a we're big calling part on, of our... Yep. We're calling yep. on a lot of people to memorize and that's what I. That's the way I started, and then um, our children, most of them, did Awana quite mm-hmm. intensely. <laughs> yeah, and they were really good at they it. Were too. Good, they were good because they got that from you. Right. Yes, they yeah. used to win all sorts of awards. Yep. So, anyways, it's just a great habit. It's a wonderful habit, and it's it's uh, it is is a tremendous way to really make the Bible come alive. Because once you've memorized it, then it's it's yours. Mm-hmm. It's, it's inside your head. It's your own. And so I'd encourage people, you know, to, to do what you do, which is take a, a, a <clears> passage <throat> that means a lot to you because of what we're going through now. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of our wedding, or you know, take a, a psalm that means a lot to you, or a, or, or a parable, or something, mm-hmm. and just memorize it. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's you, you like it already, so why not yeah. commit it to memory? And then it really does truly become your own. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that when you're just uh, washing the dishes or cutting the grass or whatnot, yes, you know, you your can... mind continues to think about those right. things, and you see new connections and, and you hear new things in it that you hadn't heard before. Mm-hmm. So speaking of which. Let's get see Mrs. Waters. Let's see how you did. So this is Colossians 3. Oh, you're going to make me do this on the Verses 12 through 17. Okay. okay, well, just he he's holding my cheat sheet. And just so you know, I'm not as good as him, so I might need some help. But okay, Colossians 3. Um, Therefore, mm-hmm. as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Give me a minute. Um, oh, for just as the Lord right. has forgiven you, you also are to forgive. Right. And above all, put on love, for this is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called as one body, rule in your hearts. Right. And be thankful. Mm-hmm. Let the word of God dwell richly among you. This is where I get stuck a little bit. Dwell, which, dwell richly among you in all wisdom, right. teaching and admonishing one another through hymns, spiritual songs, and psalms, mm-hmm. singing uh, to God the Father with gratitude in your heart, yep. mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. Whatever you do. And whatever you do, this is the clincher verse, mm-hmm. it's so good. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to the Father or something like that. Yeah, you thanks <laughs> the Father through... through the Lord Jesus. That's right. Okay. Nice job. Yeah, well Well, done. see, so now you can see two examples, because when he gets up there, he doesn't even stumble on a word. There's probably been two times in your ministry where someone's had to call out to you, like, yeah. you know, you've just lost it. I totally it's lost it. It's literally in 20 yeah. years happened twice. Yeah. Well, it happens. Yeah. yeah. But see, for me, I need a lot of help. So anyways, just just go for it. Try right. it. And I think you'll be blessed. Yeah. And it's, it's been a great blessing to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Good. I think it'll be a blessing to other people, too. Me, too. Mm-hmm. But hey, word of advice, what? if I can. You, uh, you... Tried to memorize, or you successfully memorized Colossians, which is one of Paul's oh, letters. Paul, yeah. Paul is really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's because he's writing for, uh, he's writing to be read, not to be heard. Yep. 
Uh, whereas Jesus, you know, when mm-hmm. he's uh, when Jesus speaks, he's speaking to be heard. Okay. And so I'd encourage someone if you've never done this before, don't do you know, Paul. Yeah, don't do Paul, um, because he's really really hard. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd encourage you to do, you know, again a parable of Jesus or a portion of the Sermon on the Mount or or like Psalm twenty three, which you Psalm probably already know right. mostly by heart. Seriously, just from being at funerals, you probably know it almost. Yeah. And then that's yeah. easy. Yeah, because yeah. those are those are really made for the ear. Right. So it's a lot easier. Good. That's good advice. Oh, thank you. Yes. Okay, well, let's get into this last resurrection appearance. And I do want to say these these um, episodes have been kind of theological and mm-hmm. sort of high, but we're going to get to the next series. It's all going to be about the Spirit and Pentecost and the especially the fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to talk about love, joy, peace, patience, all of it week mm-hmm. by week. And that's going to be very practical, how that plays out in our lives. Good. Yeah. So let's just finish with this, though. The last resurrection appearance, I guess. Would you call the ascension? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd say so because, appearance. you know, the, the resurrected appearance, the resurrected <clears throat> Jesus appears to his disciples and then ascends into heaven. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he's got just the disciples there. They're, right. I think, in Bethany or near Bethany. Yeah, let's see. I think it's the mom. Uh... It's in Luke. Yes. And Acts. Luke, Luke and is Acts. the only so one they... who records this, by the way, because right. Luke wrote both Acts and Luke. Right. And he's the only one that tells this story. Although the, uh, the others, of course... Uh, it's assumed, you know, so for example, in the end of Matthew, when Jesus says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the yes. age, the implication is that he's not there. Okay, right? that he, got it. But yeah. But the actual story. Uh, but yeah, and so they go to the Mount of Olives. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then so he's... Uh... Well, and Luke says it's Bethany, but yeah, okay. that's probably right outside. Yep. So they yeah, go well, there. Bethany is on the Mount of Olives. Right? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he blessed them, and Luke, it says he blessed them, and while he was blessing them, he's just like carried away. Right. Okay. And then in Acts, it says... They're there, and like a cloud took them out of their sight. Yeah, and you know, again, you know, Luke and Acts is kind of a yeah. two-volume set, and so a good way to think about it is, uh, it's almost like watching a, a TV show or something where uh, you come to the end of a scene and, and something happens, and then they cut to commercial for five minutes, and then when they come back, they pick up at that same place, but they expand on it. Okay, it's the same kind of ideal here between Luke and Acts, and so Luke uh, at the at the very tail end of Luke, he just very quickly says, and then Jesus was carried away from their sight. And that's yep. it. Well, he tells them they worshipped, and, and they, they worshiped, were joyful, right. and it was an amazing time. But then mm-hmm. in Acts, when when the curtain rises again, he, he he tells the same story, but with a lot more detail. Okay. So, Right. And the part that you get in Acts, which I think is great and very much a part of Luke, is, you know, these two angels. Again, they're staring up at the sky, mm-hmm. right? He disappears in a cloud. They're staring at the sky, and he's like, why are you standing there <laughs> looking into heaven? Which is, in Luke, also, they, the angels say that to the women. They're like, why are you looking for the living That's among the point. dead? Yeah. And I think for us, we are, we're often looking for the wrong things, yeah. right? We're looking in the wrong places. Yeah. Yeah, I never noticed that before. That'll preach. No, thank you. I'm yeah. helping you every yeah, week that'll here. Preach. That'll be good, yeah. I should get paid for this. Well, you get paid with, with love. <laughs> sound like Johnny. Okay, keep going. Okay. <laughs> now totally Our son distracting. John says everything. I should get paid I for this. I should get paid for this. Yes. You get paid for going to school. No matter what he does. Oh, my goodness. And yeah, and so Jesus, in, in, uh, in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. so Jesus takes the, uh, the apostles out to Mount, uh, the Mount of Olives, Bethany, which is just mm-hmm. on the other side of the valley from, okay. from Jerusalem. Yep. Uh, and he says to them, uh, you know, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, the end of the world is coming, but don't worry about when. Yeah. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him from their sight. Mm-hmm. And so he goes up into heaven. And I think the key thing that the um, that the angels communicate, and they say it like three times. They say, uh, so this is Acts 1 verse 9. A cloud took him out of their sight into heaven, and while they were gazing into heaven as he went, 
Behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into heaven? This mm-hmm. Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven okay. will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And so like five times in three verses, it repeats, he's in heaven. Okay, well, that's important, though, because the disciples kept wondering, like, where he was going. He yeah. kept saying he was going somewhere. And they're like, where are you going? So yeah. now they're getting told very specifically where he is and very directly. Yeah, and that's that's for them and for us. Mm-hmm. That, you know, five times he is in heaven. That's the main point. Okay. He's ascending into heaven. It probably also was important for them because they, you know, it's been 40 days. Mm-hmm. And so after almost six weeks, they were probably used to Jesus just kind of like showing up out of the blue behind locked doors. And then, you know, he'd leave and then they go out fishing and boom, there'd be Jesus on the shore. So they're kind of used to this almost. And it's it's sort of like they needed the angels to say, okay, well, that time is over. That's done. This is a threshold point. What you have experienced was limited. Now we're in a different time right here. Okay, and then the the very important point they tell is, well, Jesus said, you have to stay here. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do anything. I'm leaving you, so it's going to be different now. Don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit. Right. And that was probably strange for them. I mean, they're like, how long are we going to be standing here waiting for <laughs> something we don't even know what is, right? Yeah, and they didn't really, really, they didn't even understand probably what it meant to no. receive the Holy Spirit yet. Right, and we're going right. to, ne- next week we will hit on that, what that does mean. Mm-hmm both through the story of Pentecost and when they did receive the Holy Spirit at that time and what it means for us to receive the Holy Spirit. So that will be exciting. But yeah, they were told to wait. And why were they told to wait? Uh, because they, they need the power of the yeah. Holy Spirit to go do and, to go and do the work that Jesus has given them to do. Right. They couldn't do it without, mm-hmm. you know, they could do it when Jesus was around because he expected them to. And sometimes he's like, oh, why can't you guys just do <laughs> right, these minor right. things, right? And um, so when he was there, but when he left, they needed the Holy Spirit. And that's probably true. I mean, we rely on ourselves um, quite a bit. And God is always kind of calling us out of that and saying, you know, you need me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Right, right. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I think we probably all can think of times in our lives when we tried to do it apart from Him on our own. Mm-hmm. There might have been some limited success. Mm-hmm. Success, mm-hmm. but you know, when God becomes a part of that, it's just uh, it, right. It, it's, it's a totally different story. Right. So I noticed in preparation for this today, there's kind of a cool little pattern here, and I love patterns. Mm, right? you know, we know I, that. I love patterns. Mm-hmm. So you think about the start of Jesus' ministry, mm-hmm. uh, not not his birth, right? That's a separate story. But the start start of his ministry. So John the Baptist appears. Okay. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit comes down upon Jesus. Okay. And then he's driven into the wilderness for forty days and forty nights by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Where he is prepared for his ministry, right? So he comes back from that temptation in the desert, and then boom, he begins his three years of ministry. Yep. So you got this this pattern of uh, the Holy Spirit, 40 days preparation for ministry, right? Yes. And now at the end of the gospel story, it's 40 days after the resurrection. Yes. Uh, Jesus leaves and says, "You." Uh, it's 40 days after the resurrection, which, in, during which time Jesus is preparing them for ministry. And mm-hmm. He says, wait here and you'll oh, receive the Holy Spirit. okay. So it's kind of like this perfect bookend. Yes. You know, that just as the Spirit was preparing Jesus, Mm -hmm. so Jesus has been preparing them and says, now wait here because the final preparation is the coming of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. God does like 40. He does. He likes likes different patterns. Yeah. Different numbers, but 40 is a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that's a great point. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also wanted to say that, so so the ascension, Jesus ascends into heaven. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing that he's... That his work on earth is over, you know, that, uh, that God the Father sent him down uh, from heaven to earth uh, to accomplish the, the work, the ministry. Now that work is over, and so he, he goes back up into heaven, mm-hmm. and we're told that he will come again, that uh, the Holy Spirit is poured out by the Father and by the Son. That's in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, you put yourself in the shoes of the very first, apost uh, first apostles, right? They don't have the New Testament yet. No, I they mean, have nothing. The New Testament is kind of being written by them as they go along, basically. Yep. So they had to somehow explain to people what Jesus was doing and how the, the scriptures pointed to it. Right. Even though, you know, none of this had been written yet. And so one of the scriptures that they pointed to all the time, actually it's the most frequently quoted scripture in the New Testament, is Psalm 110. Okay. And it goes like this. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Mm. It's uh, Psalm 110 mm -hmm. verse 1. And that one verse there is quoted by the New Testament more often than any other single Old Testament lesson. Which is kind of strange because it's a weird verse. Mm -hmm. It's very odd. I mean, if, if you and I were to read it, we think, well, this is just one of those bizarre Iron exactly. Age things, you know. Uh, but for them, it was important because they th there was this thing that had happened. Jesus ascended into heaven and they had to somehow make sense of it. So as they searched through the scriptures, they came across this and they're like, aha, that's it. So the Lord says to my Lord, Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a stool for your feet. So in other words, you know, sit here at my right okay. hand until the time, come, time comes when the end of the world comes and I'll send you back. Okay. Uh, but that, that Psalm 110 was quoted, it is quoted more often yeah. in the New Testament than any other single verse. Well, and to be clear, because you said they didn't have, they did have the Hebrew scriptures. They had the Hebrew yes. scriptures. So right. this verse that we're talking about, they had in their minds. And right. so when Jesus uses it, they've got that. But your point was they're walking around waiting for something. They're thinking about what's going to happen next. They have no playbook for like this whole life with Jesus thing. Right. Yeah. Right. They, they, which is astonishing. I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about all the decisions they had to make, you know, uh, so Jesus gives them kind of the basic instructions, you know, the really important things that he, he came for them to set them free from sin and death and the devil and all who believe in him, all who trust in him will have a, abundant life and eternal life. So all that is clear right from Jesus. Mm -hmm. But boy, there's a whole lot of decisions uh, yes. that they have to make. I mean, like, uh, do they have to keep kosher? Right. You know, do they have to be circumcised? Uh, do they, how do you do this church thing? How do you yeah. organize it? And Luke gets into all that in Acts. I mean, there's all the, mm -hmm. a lot of those arguments are made in Acts um, about kosher and yeah, circumcision kosher. and stuff. Well, yeah. and in in Paul too, and many of the writings. But yeah, they 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 fought back and forth about those oh, things. Oh my goodness, all the time. Yeah. Even such a fundamental thing is uh, what day of the week do you worship? Yes. You know, do you worship on this, the Jewish Sabbath, which mm -hmm. is Friday to Saturday, or do you worship on Sunday because that's the day Jesus rose from the dead? Yeah. Or a combination of those two. Uh huh. So all of these real fundamental decisions, and Jesus just kind of left it up to the apostles. You know? <laughs> Amazing, right? It's an incredible act of trust. But look at what's happened. Yeah. And also, yeah, that's that's another argument just for the veracity of the whole thing that, you know, yes, he this whole thing was given to earthen vessels, right, to people. Mm -hmm. And here we stand 2,000 plus years later, and the, the church in many places is flourishing and, you know, mm -hmm. In many places, it's not. But I mean, the fact that it has survived uh, a culture very anti and hostile to it and yeah. in, in many, many places. And in fact, it usually thrives in those kind of settings. Um, but just the fact that the church has survived this long. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it, uh, I remember one thing I read that really arrested me is, is there was a, a historian that, that wrote something like this. And he said, it's not so much that Christianity is a Western religion but rather the West is a product of Christianity. Mm. And his point was that Christianity is it's a Middle Eastern religion. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's, it's so profoundly uh, affected our culture that now we can't possibly imagine our culture without it. Even mm -hmm. those who have so-called moved on from it. Right. Still, they, they recognize the, the Christian roots of what's become. Yeah, absolutely. And so what we now know as, as the West, you know, at, at this point wasn't even on their map. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, 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 it was True. 300 years yeah. down the road before they started evangelizing mm -hmm. people like us. Yeah. 
And just as a final point about that, really, it's the only Christianity's the only worldwide yeah. religion. Yeah. Um, we have world religions like Judaism and Islam, but they're not as spread out through the entire mm-hmm. world in the same way. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, the, the next biggest competitor would be Islam, and that's confined in what they call the 1040 window, from 10 mm-hmm. degrees north latitude to 40 degrees south. Okay. So you figure, you know, from uh, from the Mediterranean across North Africa and then up in, into, uh, you know, Afghanistan and Middle East, mm-hmm. and then over to Malaysia. So it's really where the jihad uh, launched out, mm-hmm. and then where Arabic travelers took uh, took Islam. Yeah, because up into some of the European countries are now experiencing a... Mm-hmm. Kind of a growth of Islam. Uh, well, and that, that is the, the great mm-hmm. unknown question for right. the next hundred years is, will Europe go Muslim just oh, because wow. of demographic pressure? Yeah. Well, that's a topic for another time. Yeah. I think that's a great... We'll have to do some uh, geopolitical, religious oh, that'll type be fun. thing. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. not doing that. But anyway, you like it. I was impressed you like the it. word geopolitical. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. My brother used to play Risk, and so, you know, oh, I, I have to... I don't. But anyways, it's been great to be with you again. And like I said, next week we will come back starting on a new series about the Holy Spirit and all that it does for us and what we can do through it. And we pray that you will join us for that. Amen. Amen.